Welcome to Sports Talk with Tonsoni, the Indiana Baseball Edition. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni, and along with Chris Feeney, Josh Bennett, Cassidy Palmer, and Carl James, we will be bringing you information on Indiana baseball. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni. A week ago, the Indiana baseball world was shocked to hear that Coach Lamonis had left for the job at Mississippi State. Just one week later, we have found our new leader. Jeff Mercer becomes the 25th head coach of Indiana baseball program. With any coaching change comes some unknowns. However, the goal of the program remains the same, and that is to continue the winning ways of the past six years. Welcome to Bloomington, Coach Mercer. We can't wait to see you in action. So for our a little bit about our new coach. We turn it over to Josh with a Coach Mercer bio. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Like you said, Jeff Mercer is now the 25th Hoosier baseball head coach. Uh, the 32-year-old from Bargersville is the son of Jeff Mercer, who just happens to be a former hitting coach and recruiting coordinator at IU, um, is in the Indiana Baseball Hall of Fame, and also founded the Indiana Bulls, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Um, Coach Mercer played two seasons at Dayton before transferring to Wright State. As a player at Wright State, was named two times to the All-Horizon League team and was the 2009 Player of the Year as a first baseman. Uh, coach graduated from Wright State with a degree in, get this, organizational leadership. It's almost like he knew what he was going to do when he grew up. Uh Mercer was recently named the 2018 Horizon League Coach of the Year this last season, and he arrives in Bloomington sporting a 77-38 and 38 record as head coach with two conference titles, one being a regular season and the other being a tourney title. Um, even though it's a small sample size, he seems to be ahead of the coaching curve. Uh, he delivered Wright State's first-ever top 100 recru recruiting class this season, and first ever ranked team last season. Uh, I believe the ceiling is a little bit higher right now. So, but I'm definitely impressed with what he did there. But I look forward to those things going, those numbers going up, rankings going up. Uh, they were eighth in the country uh, scoring average this season at almost eight runs per game. So that's a good thing. And as far as player development and tourney experience goes, um, something we should be very interested in. Uh, he only became recruiting coordinator at Wright State in 2014, but already 12 of his recruits have been drafted, and three of those guys were this year. Um, and regarding the NCAA, he has five tourney appearances, two as a, a UCF uh, assistant, and three since he's been at Wright State, uh, two of those being a head coach. Style-wise, he seems to really focus on analytics, so I'm sure he's going to love the track man Doppler system that uh, we just installed at the BART last season. It sounds like we have a, a very interesting young coach uh, to lead the program. We look forward to seeing what he can do. And as we do in every podcast, we start off uh, with the Hoosier highlights. We had to throw the bio in there first tonight so that everyone knows who we're talking about. Uh, we would start with Carl, but Carl is on assignment digging into Wright State's RPI of the last four years. And trying to get a handle on 
the new coach and all of that stuff. Uh, seriously, we miss Carl. He couldn't be here tonight due to some family obligations. Uh, he did a great job on, on the podcast introducing all of the coaching candidates. And Carl, uh, we can't wait to have you back on the show. But we'll start off with Chris. Uh, what is your who's your highlight as it pertains to the new coaching hire? For me, I'm really excited that uh, he's already really plugged in to Indiana recruiting. You know, they've already said that this is going to be the target area. We're going to keep the homegrown guys homegrown. Uh, he already has a relationship with the coaches. He's obviously going to have to make sure that these recruits and these commitments, you know, meet the model that he's looking for and the kind of player he wants. But to know that he's going to have his eye on in-state players, I really think is a big plus. You know, you bring somebody in from, you know, wherever, they might not want to focus on Indiana ball players. I really like the way Limo was doing that. And to me, it's a highlight that that's part of his model already. It obviously helps also with the 11.7. You know what I mean? I think state intuition, it's like it's triple out of state for IU or somewhere around that. So obviously that's going to stretch these scholarships a lot more. That's going to bring in uh, a lot of homegrown talent. I'm excited. I mean, I really think that it was a good idea to get somebody that already is going to be looking to keep the guys home. A target area that seemed to have been working out, and it seems like it's going to be the same uh, target area going forward. I think it's a, a, a good find to find someone with recruiting experience, and it seems like he's done a nice job over there for several years. Uh, regardless of what level it is, you, you've got to have a formula. And if you listen to the interview with Greg Murray, he talked about his recruiting formula and sticking to the model, and, and we look forward to seeing how that plays plays out. Cass, what is your who's your highlight uh, with this hire? To me, the thing that stood out the most was how he really seems to want to stick around longer term. He wants to be here for a while. This is his dream job. That's really big for a Northern program who's had a couple of coaches leave for Blue Bloods the last couple of years. That's that's really good to hear. Now, we'll see what happens as time goes on, but to hear that right off the bat is really, really nice. And especially, I mean, he was tweet, tweeting out within the last half hour or so that that he's thankful to get to raise his son as a Hoosier the way he was raised. And that that's something that is really important. And as a uh, winter coach said to me earlier, uh, we'll see in five years when he's gone to Omaha a couple times and the money comes his way if he, if he, he sticks to that. But you really do believe this guy. Uh, that's one of the pluses. Uh, and I agree with you, Cass, that this guy seems to be a Hoosier true and uh, through and through. And – might be a guy who stays, you know, for 8, 10, 12 years, and he'll be in his mid-40s. And then if a move happens, uh, we have some stability. I, I, I'm looking forward to some stability in the baseball program, and I can't agree with you more. Josh, you're, who's your highlight? Yeah, Chris and Cass just uh, took the top two obvious ones for sure. I mean, uh, there's no way those aren't those aren't up there. So, so I'm going to go with uh, my Hoosier highlight this week will be uh, all the positive feedback we're getting from everyone out there. Uh, it started with Polly and Ryan at the announcement and their quotes, and and it continued on from there. Uh, Media-wise, Teddy Cahill from Baseball America, Chris Webb of 10 Innings, uh, Aaron Fitt of D1, even a lot of the local sports guys from Indy. Um, through it all, I didn't see a single thing uh, that was negative on the hire. Uh, and, of course, my personal favorite, Mr. Scott Rowland, with a ringing endorsement. Uh, that was good to see. Um, 
And also, you just have to get excited about what Coach has been saying personally. Um, I, I think it's obvious he's he's really uh, invested here, and I think he's going to give us everything that he's got. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that I've not seen too many hires where a lot of negative stuff come out after you hire someone. But they're always, if there is a negative, it always seems to pop out one or two places, or people just are more silent about the hire. And we have seen you know, numerous sports people, sports uh, writers and, and people who focus on college baseball come out with a positive spin on this. Um, and I think that's a, a good point. For me, it's the style of play. I'm looking forward to a team that runs a lot. Uh, he talked a little bit about run prevention in, in, in some of the talks and discussions that he's had. And the last thing in the interview with Greg Murray that came out this afternoon, the, the as a coach, the thing I liked is getting the players developed and then getting out of their way. And, and I think sometimes really talented coaches can get in the way of their players sometimes because they try to cover every single thing, every single aspect of a game, and can cloud the minds of athletes sometimes with just too much information. And I, I found that to be really interesting that his focus is on player development. He has a model for doing that. He has a model for how – what style of baseball that he wants to play. But this guy really seems like uh, Josh said in the bio about his major to really understand leadership. And, and that makes him, in my opinion, even a better hire if he can really uh, get the most out of players mentally as well as physically. So that's my uh, Hoosier highlight. And we'll just open it up uh, as far as style of play. Uh, what can our listeners um, take from what we've heard uh, and and what will I? How will IU baseball be a little bit different than than a Lamonis coach team? Um, jump in, anyone, Chris. Your your thoughts on how uh, maybe this team might be a little bit different? Well, when I saw that Greg had met with uh, Coach Mercer, I, I got in touch with him and spoke with Greg for a little while actually to try to get his vibe on you know what he felt and, and after meeting him and what they spoke about and stuff like that because I obviously only released a few minutes of the interview. Um, cause I'm sure there was a lot more interaction and Greg gave me, you know, some really good feedback. He got a great vibe from him. He said, it's going to be more of a West coast style. Um, he said he was super bright. Like you could just tell that he knew what he was talking about. Um, he, he said there won't be any sack bunting. Uh, I did see that, uh, part they showed in the interview, but he really had stressed it even b before, uh, they had begun the interview. Greg said, you know, he was big on, uh, stealing bases, letting the players play stuff like that. Um, he said he could feel the confidence off the coach, um, just the interaction with him, that he had a presence about him. Um, Greg actually mentioned Cassie, and he said that she's going to be a big fan of the sabermetrics um, aspect that Coach Mercer is really into and that the model that he brings. So we could definitely expect a lot of, uh, you know, based numbers-based decisions, whether it's a recruit, whether it's where to put an athlete in the field, stuff like that. Um, big into systems. He said he must have mentioned that, you know, quite a few times. Um, and, and, and that came across in the interview as well. But uh, Greg, you know, he meets a lot of these these guys on his travels and the different teams. And he really got a good vibe. And he felt that, you know, that he would be a really good fit here, uh, especially, you know, just being so bright. He said he was super nice. You know, he was friendly. He was a good personality, real easy to speak to, which probably goes towards the recruiting. And, and I'm sure once the kids meet him, and the personality that from the vibe that you know, I, I have to trust Craig, you know, it sounds like it really went well, their whole interaction. Um, 
and it, like he knows how to just you know interact engage get somebody to listen get somebody to do you know maybe more than they thought they could um real big motivator and <laughs> obviously he went to school for it like josh said i hadn't realized that i mean he actually had some plans beforehand that he was going to be a leader and you know it was real good to speak to, to greg murray about it as far as just to get the vibe from somebody who's actually been there and spoke with them and as far as even just what to expect with the west coast style it's going to be a little different than what we used to of course but uh you know to let athletes be athletes i really liked hearing that too you know i'm sure matt gorski loves hearing that i'm sure logan palata loves hearing that um and, and you know we got some guys that are coming in that can do a lot of different things as far as the high school guys you know they're not just pitchers they're not just outfielders there's a lot of guys that can do more than one thing and in coach mercer's style i think versatility is going to be big and i really feel that cassie uh we mentioned and it's been mentioned analytics and you're a stat person so share with our listeners how that may uh what we see on the field happens because of analytics what what does that mean and we don't know yet but what's your best okay. guess on how he's going to use those numbers uh in, in the play on the field right and so the first thing i always think of especially with the the new track man system that gives you so much information you're getting things like exit velocity that's all kinds of information that is so helpful even just on a player development level if they can see what their exit velocity is if they can see things like launch angle they can adjust their swing off of that information having that concrete data-driven information that that can help in player development so so much and that's something that that you're not necess necessarily going to find that data online at the college level like you will for mlb which is one of my biggest pet peeves um but things like that are so big and it can really help determine situational baseball if you determining when you're going to pinch run when you're going to pinch hit who's better against lefty or righty pitcher who's who's better with runners in scoring position all of those data points can help you get a better picture of the situation there's still going to be some things you have to take into account outside of the statistics but but that data can tell you a whole story if you know how to read it sounds like defensively too he's really into it as oh, far yeah. as trying to uh you know mm -hmm. factor in range factor in yep. where to put a position, uh, player might even yep. see some shifts you know yeah. i know a lot of people who are into this are really using shifts more so yeah i see some and, of that we could expect some more defensive based mm -hmm. analytics and and that's some of the stuff that is the hardest historically to quantify right because like batting average pitching those are easy numbers to to come up with on base percentage like that is the easiest statistic to to kind of create and see the relationship between getting on base and scoring runs defensive at the collegiate level is so much harder to track because even even pro you've got things like wins above replacement well what's replacement level in college you don't really have that baseline and so see it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh defensive measures he get he's able to dig into and and seeing how that plays out on the field 
Now that, like you say, that the spray charts and the and the uh, pitch count and what their batting average is against on first pitch fastballs and stuff is not as readily available in college for scouting purposes. Correct. Correct. I wish it were available. So, so we might not see um, as much as what we see in the pros with with, mm. with some of that stuff, but you may still see some tendencies. You know, oh, if yeah. you just. Uh, there, there has to be some information out there, mm-hmm. but you, and the you made teams a very, do have it too. Yeah, you had a, made a very good thing about player development too. Uh, mm-hmm. I think with, with the statistics and and that that is not something that's that's publicized. Josh, uh, there was mention in the Greg Murray thing about a professional approach to hitting, and um, I have my own ideas on that. And I know I didn't give you that question ahead of time, but what, what do you think might be uh, Coach Mercer's professional approach uh, to offense. What what might we see more of uh, in the upcoming season? Well, I'm not sure what that would be. Um, his his dad had a book that he wrote with co-wrote with Dusty Baker back in the 90s, uh, How to Teach Hitting, which was very popular around the high school and colleges around that time. Um, so I'm sure he he learned the old school ways from that, but uh, now the the game's kind of changed, um, and and I I don't know I don't know much about how it is now with the launch angles and and all those statistics, but uh, the track man you know there there's a science behind it, and and this guy's obviously big on uh, the analytical side, so I'm sure I'm sure he's got a method, but uh, that that part of the game has uh, passed me up right now. I think um, yeah. not. Do you think that we'll see more hit and runs? You know, it's mentioned that he likes athletes and, and speed and likes to steal a lot of bases. So I'm, I'm maybe picturing a professional approach of hit and run. Uh, I yeah. personally would, would hope that that meant a little bit better situational hitting than maybe in the past of, you know, hitting the ball to the right side to move a runner over to third. Uh, going back to Cassidy's stats with runners on third and less than three outs, maybe uh, a, a different approach. And, um, not to say that the old approach was 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 not good, but uh, it just seems to me that um, when he said that he he liked to win games four to three uh, because you can't win every game fourteen to thirteen, uh, and combine that with the professional approach to hitting, it seemed like he wants to take advantage of every scoring opportunity there is. And if he's not a bunter, then they'll they'll have to be uh, a different way of moving runners around and making sure that. Um, that we score some runs. Yeah. Chris, what you met, you mentioned some, go ahead, Josh. No, well, I was just going to say from what you just said right there, that means if you're talking four, three games, uh, you're not necessarily going to be a power team either, even though you're not going to be small ball sack bunning. So what you were saying, probably some hit and runs and, and hitting the ball on the right side of the field. But uh, I don't think uh, that means we're going to be a power team or, or focus on the power. Uh, which, in my opinion, that would play better if we get to Omaha for the Big Ten tournament or for the championship uh, for the World Series. So I, I'm not necessarily against against that approach at all. But uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. I'm sure I'll be frustrated from time to time because I'm old school. <laughs> but uh, hey, it'll be it'll be fun. I'm excited. Thing, I'm though, looking forward to. I'm looking forward to defense to see what's different defensively. And I don't think we were a bad defensive program. It seemed like when we made mistakes in the last year or so, they bit us a little bit more. Um, it was more of the the quantity of the errors hurt us more than the quality. 
the number or the quantity was not as big important as the quality when they occurred. But he really talked about taking outs away. Uh, I think that'll be something for the fans to watch too. Is is uh, is with the people he places in the field, uh, what his expectations are for defense as well as offense. Uh, I think a lot of people put an emphasis on offense, but he might be um, uh, with the analytics and all that defense. Chris, you had um, mentioned some of the strengths earlier uh, in what to expect. Uh, share share with the listeners a, a couple more strengths of Coach Mercer. Well, I think for me, I went back and looked at a lot of his schedules. I actually went back four years, the two years as a recruiting coordinator and then the two as a coach. And they're very similar to ours, to be honest with you. You know, he goes on the long road trip early. He schedules hard. Um, he's already playing at Louisville. He's already played at Kentucky. Really important early road, big scheduling. You know, he's, he's had his teams going to Clemson, NC State, Georgia, Ole Miss, Miami. And out of all those, never been swept. Actually took a series in Louisiana Tech and in Clemson. So he's had some big wins in rough environments. Now, are they as rough early on in the year? Probably not. But you know what? It's still not easy. And he still has the weather, okay? You know, the average weather in Dayton is pretty much close to here. I actually looked it up to make sure I wasn't crazy. Uh, It's like five degrees off in April, five degrees off in May. So he's used to having to deal with weather. He's used to having... Uh, he played Cincinnati a lot. He plays in Xavier a lot. He actually knows a lot of the teams that we play a lot and the environments that we play in. Um, obviously, he will not have too much to do with the 19 or the 20 schedule because they're pretty much set. But after that, I look forward to see what kind of schedule he can build. It's obviously important to him to go places, to get big wins, to put it, you know, you know, put it on the line and see, you know what, let's go see if we can win there. Now, are those teams going to let IU come in as much as they did Wright State? Mm, maybe not. But I'm sure he's going to go out and try to get as much as he can on that schedule. I mean, a guy who's into athletics, I'm sure, is into RPI. He knows what we're going to need. I really like the experience that he's had a similar model schedule. So, you know, I think most people would say this is a very strong hire. Uh, anytime there is a, a new coach, there's some concerns. What will the staff look like? Uh, he mentioned that in the Greg Murray interview too, that he wants a staff that, um, is big on player development. And so you got to trust him to bring in the, the right players. I like that approach. Um, you know, the, the current, uh, commits, will they still be interested in coming to, to IU? The other, uh, young people who have already looked at IU and, uh, he's going to have to deal with that. And the thing that he mentioned in the, in the interview that was also from a coaching standpoint outstanding was he said something to the extent of you got to concentrate where you where you are where your feet are and to he's got to win over the players and that's always a concern it was a concern when coach Lamonis came in from uh, the leftover players from Tracy Smith uh, the, obviously the quotes that we read from the players who were in in the interview process were promising but that is a huge process for any coach that takes over that uh, and then you know, there were some heavy expectations thrown on him in the press conference where, you know, uh, I've been very happy with Fred Glass's hires, uh, but Fred Glass likes to do things big. And when he mentioned Brad Stevens of of college baseball, that's a lot of pressure on uh, a, a young man to come in and, and be one of the best coaches in the, in the world in anything. Uh, I think we have a strong um, hire, but the expectations are there from needing to win and keep going uh, to the NCAA tournament, 
and, and then your AD throws out that you're not only going to do that, but you're going to be one of the best coaches ever. Uh, that, that was a little bit too much for me. But these are all things that a new coach has to do and has to do well in order to continue uh, the success. But overall, I think the strengths are so far superior uh, to, to the concerns. Uh, and so it looks like uh, we, we have ourselves an outstanding person, outstanding coach, and an outstanding uh, representative of Indiana University who wants to be a Hoosier, which is probably the biggest thing for, for me. So wrapping up the show, Cass, your final thoughts on, on Coach Mercer and in the direction of the Indiana baseball program. Yeah, so to me, to, to say that this was a really strong hire sounds way too obvious, but that's what this what this hire seems to be. He really checks some of the big boxes that both the fans and the players are looking for. You've got the player development. You've got what should be a really fun style for the players. I'm sure Matt Gorski and Logan Kalitha are excited to be able to run to their heart's content. So, so seeing some of these things, seeing the wants to be in Bloomington long-term, he's a great recruiter. He's familiar with Northern baseball. He's, he's won well in Northern baseball in a couple of years. Those all work together to, to really make this a strong, strong choice. Chris, your thoughts. Um, I mean, I couldn't let us wrap up without, you know, mentioning as far as I'm a little leery about the I'm a Hoosier for life comments, stuff like that. Um, if he is as successful as I want him to be and as I think he thinks he's going to be, SEC is going to come calling. And if he should leave, so be it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit there and say, well, we hired this guy because he said he was going to stay forever. Um, there are handcuffs to playing in the Big Ten Conference. And when he starts playing with those handcuffs on, knowing that, you know, teams in the South want him, it might be a different story. That's all I'm saying. Um, not that I don't take him for his word or anything like that, but Tracy Smith said the same thing. Um, so let's see what happens. Uh, and, and again, just like last week with Carl when we did the pod, I'd be fine with it. Stay here, you know, for a while. Keep the system rolling. And then if you move on, you move on. I like what Brian said earlier, though. He, you extended it to like eight, ten years and then move on to something else, which which would be great. Like, let get renewed once, right? Get another five years. That would be great, too. But even if it's a four or five-year deal, when this deal's over, if the SEC comes calling and things happen, and, and, you know, I'd be okay with that, too. I am a little leery. I would think somebody who's this wired, just like most coaches are, to want to win and be successful at the highest level, um, the Big Ten's not the highest level. And I hope that they're come calling because that means he's really done well. And you know what? He might turn it down. Who knows? But I am leery of it. And just like my opinion had been before we hired the mid-major coach up and coming, if it is for the shorter time, that'd be okay, too. I want the guy who's good. I want the guy who's here to want to win. Uh, like Limo said, your, floor hits the, your feet hit the floor. You want to uh, think about Omaha. Uh, coach Mercer seems to really be a systematic guy and you know he wants the big 10 title he wants the uh bleachers he wants the temporary bleachers he wants the supers well at some point successful in the big 10 might lead to i want to be successful somewhere else so we'll see josh your final thoughts on the hire uh yeah i'm i'm really excited about uh the hire um he was definitely at the top of top of my list uh 
His father's a highly regarded and well-respected coach uh, in the Indiana Baseball Hall of Fame, worked for IU Baseball. So Coach Mercer has the pedigree. Um, even though he's young, he's lived baseball his entire life. Uh, it's all he knows. Even back in high school, um, he was a groundskeeper at Victory Field. So I think he's prepared, uh, like, like we talked about before. Uh, he literally majored in coaching at Wright State. He has great high school connections, uh, and you just have to love all the, the quotes and interviews coming out of him. Uh, you can feel his excitement and also from everyone who's been around him. Um, I love it. Uh, is it October yet? Fall ball can't not, get here soon enough. Not I'm quite, ready. Josh. But this is going to drive me nuts. Um, I, I like the experience factor of at least having a couple years as head coach. Uh, I know there were some big time assistants that were named and they could have come in and, and, they, and not saying they don't know how to do it. But when you're an assistant coach, it's a lot different than being a head coach. And there's always some uh, things that come up in that first year or two. Uh, and this guy's been through it. He, he's planned fall ball. He's gone through the recruiting process. He's been somewhere for five years and seen the growth of a program. And so I'm kind of happy to see that. I'm also, uh, for me, I'm biased. Any guy guy or gal who comes in to coach an IU program, I'm going to be on board with uh, because it's IU. And that's just the way I am. But I do like the offensive approach uh, from what we can tell so far of, of speed and, and running and limited sacrifice bunting, uh, that, that fits for me. I do like the emphasis on defense and player development and, and the player mentality things that, that I've heard just in the brief. Uh, I think this is a guy that has a really good chance, and he's going to have to prove it. it. You know, you can't just win a press conference, which he has, and which Fred Glass attempted to do. They won the press conference. We're all happy right now. But happiness comes when you have a successful program four or five years, and uh, I believe this guy has a great chance to do that, and we welcome Coach Mercer into uh, the Bloomington family. So this will do it for uh, this edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Please find future podcasts on Sports Talk with Tonsoni, which can be found on your favorite podcast source, as well as under the Talking Hoosier Baseball tab on iubase.com. Please follow iubase.com on Twitter at iubase17. Uh, this brought this podcast at see you at the bar and visit iubase.com and see other articles and posts from our excellent team of authors. I'm going back to Indiana for iubase.com. I'm Brian Tonsoni. Wishing you all a great day. Go Hoosiers.